The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The impact that I know that I had on that community, the way that community embraced me for being the first African-American female assistant coach was just it was unbelievable. Neela was somebody that was so important in our recruiting. She became the face of our program. The face of Notre Dame's women's basketball program is the subject of today's Hardwood history. One of the best point guards to ever don an Irish uniform, Neil Ivey has found success and left her stamp at every single level of the sport. A high school state champion, an NCAA champion, the 19th pick in the WNBA draft, and the first black female head coach in Notre Dame history. Here is a name that if you do not already know, you should. And today we'll chat with Niel to learn more about her basketball journey and speak with Muffet McGraw, the woman who recruited her to Notre Dame and whose head coaching shoes she was tapped to fill. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. I am pumped about this interview and I know you're super busy, so we appreciate it. The goal today is just, I wanna get a deeper dive into your process and what fuels you. And, and so much of your success is surrounded by this orange ball, right? I like, to me, it's, it's um, like when you think of the journey that basketball can take us on, it, it's mind blowing. Where did it begin for you though? Why basketball? How'd you fall in love with the game? Yes. Well, I was a baby girl. I had four older brothers, and I was a tomboy growing up. And so I played all types of sports, soccer, anything that I could get a, to be a part of somebody's team. And then my brothers start, they started playing basketball, and they would play. Like back in the day, I'm, I'm aging myself, but we played outside. So they were playing at the park, and I always followed them and, like, shoot when they weren't playing and in between runs. So I kind of just f fell in love with the game because I watched them, and they were really good. Um, and then they started playing in high school and then I'd watch them in high school and I'd be the little kid shooting at halftime when everybody was in their lockers and just, you know, I just, I just loved it. But honestly, they really introduced me to the game um, and that's where my passion started from. You are now, all these years later, the owner of a lot of different firsts. So <laughs> first black female head coach at Notre Dame, first female head coach in the history of the Grizzlies organization. How do you feel about first? Like I often get mixed emotions because it's amazing and you get proud, but then I get sad because why are these first just happening? How, how do you see it? I, I feel the same way. Um, I, my, my first with the Memphis Grizzlies, that was the first time I felt like, wow, I, I really am a trailblazer. I, I guess I just, you never realize it while you're going in it, while you're in it um, with just my journey of coaching and playing basketball. And then when I went to the Grizzlies, it, it just, it was magnified. And 
the impact that I know that I had on that community, the way that in community embraced me for being the first African-American female assistant coach was just, it was unbelievable. Um, I met, I had met so many, so many different people and I, there were so many young women, young girls that would go up to me in the games and after the games just to take a picture with me or get my autograph. And now, now respectively, we had John Morant, Jaron Jackson, all these superstar, all-star basketball players, but they wanted to meet me. So I knew the magnitude of it. And that's when I really realized the impact that I was having. So then when I came here to Notre Dame, I, I, I was, I was comfortable um, with that role because I, again, I understood what it meant. And for me, it just empowered me more. Um, I wanted to do more in the community. I wanted to be out more. I wanted to help inspire more. So, and it motivated me to be even bigger, I guess you can say, because I never expected, I never envisioned um, that I would have that opportunity in the NBA. And then again, this is a dream come true to, to lead my alma mater. I have all the questions about the NBA experience and how it has then helped you in your current role, but you just wrapped up your second season at the helm of Notre Dame's women's basketball. Like, I think that's so awesome. I know for you, it's so personal for so many different reasons. Um, now that you've had two seasons, just led your team to the Sweet 16, by the way, we gotta drop that in there. <laughs> what are the characteristics of a Niel Ivy team? Um, energy, energetic, I would say, cause I'm very, I'm, I'm big on energy. So my team has, and I, and I coach with a lot of passion, um, I'm on the sidelines with a lot of energy, a lot of passion, um, but highly competitive, uh, elite players is what I, what I would say about this group, um, high character off the court. Um, my, my women are just, they're in the community, um, they're inspirational, um, they work really hard, they get along really well. We have a great um, sisterhood, it's a, it's a very family-oriented environment. Uh, that's all I know. Um, I was part of a family, a big family growing up, but also uh, my time at Notre Dame as a student athlete and as assistant coach has been just a big family. That's what Notre Dame's all about. So my team um, mirrors that. Um, again, we're competitive. Um, we want to win. You know, like we, we have a lot of fun, but we work really hard here. That fire is so clear. If anyone watches you on the sidelines, you're, you're everywhere. What was the process like? I mean, you took over for a legend and you know that. What's the process like to put your own stamp on the program? Yeah, well, initially it was, um, it was interesting because I was trying not to take on that pressure. I feel like everybody kind of talked about it. I knew what I was stepping into. And so I tried my first year and it was COVID. So it was so many different variables that were very difficult to navigate through. But I tried just to um, to step into this role by honoring Coach McGraw because she's somebody that I admire and I look up to um, and I've learned the game from, but I've also tried to put my stamp on. To uh, The best advice I've ever been given from a lot of my mentors is you, you can't be Coach McGraw. You know, you have to be yourself. Bring yourself to the table. So that's what I tried to do. Um, and then I feel like slowly I've just been blossoming into my own person, honestly, as head coach because I didn't know my characteristics. I didn't know how I was going to be on the sidelines, never being a head coach. So I feel like last year and also this year, I've really come into my own. I think of just um, the way that I lead, you know, so I lead by my emotions. I, I lead by my passion outside of the X's and O's. They, they know that I have that covered. But when I'm on the sideline, I try because I think it's I, I love this game so much. I have so much purpose in this game. This game has given me so much that I just that's the way that I ex exude my um, gratefulness and um, exude my passion for the game and this uh, and my team in this program. So, yeah, so it's been it's been interesting trying to, to follow legend, but I feel like I'm, I think everybody sees kind of I am I am totally different. Yeah, your gratitude um, is on display in a lot of different ways. But I went back and watched the introductory press conference 
back in 2020 and you and your son and you could just I mean even though it was streamed and we weren't in person um, you could just feel the emotion on so many different levels and what I found so intriguing is this was kind of the plan all along um, and I'm wondering what it's like to know that you're next in line but like you never have it until you have it and how yeah. you navigated that right I knew the pa the, the um, years leading up to that 2020 that coach Morrow was thinking about retiring, you know, I, I, but I still, I don't know. I always envisioned her at the helm. So mm -hmm. I still thought like, okay, it's, it's going to be some time. I'm probably going to have to go away, be a head coach somewhere and come back. You know, that was kind of my thought, you know, and again, I never thought, I didn't realize it was going to be here. I didn't, honestly, I didn't realize that she was prepping me for this the, the whole time. I feel like she probably was thinking the whole time, like, you know, Niel could take over. Um, but yeah, that 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 moment was really was really special for me. Um, and to have my son sitting next to me with my jersey on, it was um, it basically kind of came full circle for me. Um, and again, I just felt like it was a blessing. Um, I know that my one of my purposes, uh, you know, to lead young women, and I, I've always known that. And the game has provided me that opportunity, so I'm very, I'm grateful for that. Side note about Coach McGraw, what does she think about the relaxed attire on the sidelines? Because she was always dressed to the nines, and I'm like, I wonder what she would do in this era. I know. Um, it's interesting because I feel like I need to go back to being dressed up because I, I, I play teams and I'm like, they're dressed up and I'm, I got my polo on. But um, I think that she would probably have mixed feelings about it because, again, that was kind of her staple, her heels. Um, skirts and just uh, like you said, dressed to the nines, and yeah. I think she would really have to, um, you know, she would have to really change her her thought process with with dressing. But again, she would have more time not to have to worry about what she was wearing. So I know that was that would probably be something she would enjoy. You you mentioned your son, and we talked about the press conference how he was wearing your jersey, and I mean he's talked so highly of the women's game, right? He he grew up around it. He talks about all the players that inspired him. Mm -hmm. um, how is your son's story an example of what simply exposing people to things can do? Yeah, I mean, honestly, his first role model was Skylar Diggins. He was five, and when I started recruiting her and was more active, I would bring him to the games. And from the moment he met her and watched her play, he was just he just fell in love with her. You know, he adored her, admired her. And then when she came to campus, it was like he was a sponge. He wanted to come to all our practices. Um, he got an opportunity to travel with me, so he was on the bus. He saw, you know, before and after, um, you know, sometimes, you know, following a loss, he, he saw everything. He saw how we, he managed, we managed losses, and then he saw the celebrations. Um, so, yeah, I think it's amazing. Just, it just shows that it doesn't matter. Your gender doesn't matter. Um, and in sports, you know, if you're a great high-level athlete, um, you can inspire anyone. And so my son looked up to women. Um, he, he understands what strong women look like um, watching me, watching a Hall of Fame head coach and then watching um, some legends in the women's basketball era. And I just think that was I think it's so amazing. I never really realized um, the what he was um, being exposed to. Um, I, I felt like I was really blessed that I got a chance to to have the work life balance of being able to uh, to work at a high level and also have my son right there with me. Um, but, you know, what he's been exposed to has helped his growth and has helped his path because he watched it from a very young age. Mm -hmm. The bond that you all have is so clear. What's that a result of, that closeness? Um, I think 
just again, it's just been myself and Jaden, you know, growing up my entire life, our entire lives. And he's always been my motivation. He's always been my why. Um, he's always been my purpose. And everything that I've done is really just to support us, but also um, to make him proud. And, you know, he just is like my he fuels me in everything that I do. And so I think that bond is just us just being together, um, you know, being each other's support system. And, you know, basketball really has given us uh, this, like our common denominator. We, you know, this is the, the, the game that we both love. The game has really um, opened so many doors for us. So that's kind of like our common link. But I just think growing up together, um, just um, Jaden and I is, is, is the reason why we're so close. Both of you, if any big event in your lives happen, you all uh, use the caption God's plan a lot of the time. Yes. And I'm just wondering what that saying means to you all. Well, um, you know, it, I just think that everything that happens, that's happened to us, everything that's happened to me is part of a bigger plan. And we always just talk about God's plan because, I mean, the road hasn't been easy for both of us. The road hasn't been easy for myself. But just having that faith and hope um, that things will be great for us, I think is kind of the, the reason why we always talk about God's plan. I know that, um, you know, I have a lot of faith, very spiritual, and I know that um, God is in charge, and I know that everything that's happened for us, happening for us is because of his favor, and I think that we both truly believe that, and so that's what we, we, always, we always say, because I mean, I know this is, this is something bigger than us, you know, um, and we're just lucky to, to be a part, um, to, we're just lucky to inspire the way that we are, and lucky to do what we love. Well, you all are doing just that. I, uh, I'm wondering if we can switch back to your coaching hat, but still talking about Jaden. He just finished up his second season at Purdue. A lot of conversations surrounding him. Break down his game for me. Like, what? <laughs> Give me a little scouting report on your son. Okay, well, he's definitely um, a high-level athletic guard, combo guard. He he can um, he can, he's a three-way player, two-way player. He can play both sides of the ball. He can he can run the point, but also he's a really good scorer. Um, I always feel like he's he scores at will. I mean, um, he's worked he's worked on his three point shot, so he's improved that. And um, but I just feel like when the game's on the line, he's one of those um, go to players. Uh, he he th he lives for those moments. Um, you know, like he plays above the rim, super super athletic. But I think his biggest strength um, is his speed. Um, he can get down the court um, in three you know three set three four seconds and make just a spectacular play because he's just his first step is so explosive. Um, but I just feel like he's just scratching the surface. I think that um, once he gets to the next level, um, next level coaching, um, training, and, and and everything, I think he's just going to continue to to grow. But I love the way that he, um, you know, he's he's so passionate about the game, and I feel like it comes off um, when he plays because he just loves it. Yeah, maybe he was around a passionate person. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> So now your time with the Grizzlies, um, and you said you felt like the NBA gave you a doctorate in basketball, and you've talked about Coach Jenkins and his his culture and how he was organized and open and letting you all in on decisions and how the X's and O's were just next level. In addition to everything you learned, how much did you confirm that basketball is just basketball? Like the guys in the NBA are probably doing some of the same drills that your women do. Yes, um, I learned that right from the moment that I that I went to the Grizzlies. Um, Coach Jenkins, first of all, he's phenomenal, and he welcomed me with open arms. And he, during the interviewing process, you know, he was like, um, "I'm just going to hire the best person," and he he said, "Like you are the best person for the job." And he made that known from the beginning. That made me feel really, really comfortable. But when I got to campus, or excuse me, when I got to Memphis, 
Um, you know, we had a coach's retreat and the things that we were talking about in the film. And for me, I was kind of, I, it was just a revelation like this is this, you know, I, I have the background for this. You know, it's not, yes, it's the NBA. Yes, they're the most elite players in the world, but um, basketball is basketball, like you said, and the fundamentals and everything that they, we discussed and what I learned that first couple of weeks, you know, I was, I was excited because I'm like, okay, you know, I have the foundation for this. And the entire, um, the entire coaching staff, I mean, they just took me in and I just was a sponge. You know, I would just come in with a video crew or with all the coaches and just ask a lot of questions and, and, and observe their workouts so I could implement my workouts. But I tried to just be myself. You know, the workouts that I did here at Notre Dame, I, I did the same things there and just learned some things along the way. Um, but it was such a it was such an incredible um, learning curve and it was such an incredible time um, that I had the opportunity to learn from so many different perspectives. You know, I think that's that's the big thing. Like I was under Coach McGraw for 15 years, or actually 16 years of my life, five as a player. And then, you know, ha having the opportunity to learn from, um, you know, a different, a different level and a different coaching style, different coaching styles was really, really helpful for me. And I, I felt like I was learning every day. Like, I, honestly, I, I definitely feel like I was getting my doctorate every day. I'm learning new terminology, new language, new drills, different ways to do the same things that I've, that I've learned along the way. So it was, I was in my element is what I could tell you, because as an assistant, I was always going to different, different teams and asking, can I come in and watch a practice? on the men's side, the women's side, but mostly in college. And, I, and I've had a chance to go to, I went to the Bulls practice, I went to a Pistons practice um, as assistant coach, so I was still always trying to learn. And so my job was learning and I, it, was, it was so amazing. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. You, you talked about how it, you, you realized that you had the foundation. Like you realized, wait, I know a lot of things about this game. Have you ever struggled with imposter syndrome and like being like, do I deserve to be here? Or like, how did I get here? Do you ever struggle with that? And any advice for people who seem to be in this these positions that maybe they're like, wait, why me? Yeah, well, I think I, I definitely um, struggle a little bit early on with like the doubt um, and kind of just the fear of like, am I good enough? And man, like I, I was entering into an entire organization organization of people that I did not know. And, and so I'm in Notre Dame. I played at Notre Dame. I've been a part of South Bend community for over 15, 20 plus years to go into a community of, I didn't, of, of, um, strangers. I, I didn't know anyone. They didn't know me. They didn't know my work ethic. They didn't know who I was. They just, you know, I just kind of walked in, in there. So I was very uncomfortable. And I had to get comfortable getting out of my comfort zone because I was very comfortable here at Notre Dame. And that was the reason why I went to Memphis. I was like, I got to stretch myself. I got to grow. And I, I can't grow up being in the same environment. I got to get into a different environment. So um, I guess my advice is um, always don't, you know, don't listen to the doubt. Don't listen to those thoughts that they're always going to creep up, no matter if you're Michael Jordan or, you know, Cheryl Swoops. Like, they're always going to creep up. So you have to know and be confident in of who you are as a person and 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 understand and know your value know your worth cuz that's what I kind of went back to I'm like no Neil you know this you know so these that's conversation that I'm having with myself even at being at the highest level and I think 
probably everyone that goes to a different level or uh, somebody, everyone that's growing, you probably have those moments, um, but not to listen to those, to those doubts and just really be confident and comfortable with, with who you are as a person. You've had so many different people pour into you. You talked about Coach Jenkins and then, of course, you know, Coach McGraw. Anybody else at Notre Dame that has really been a part of your journey or embraced you, whether it was in your role as an assistant, as a player, or now as a head coach? Yeah, I, I felt like I, I mean, growing up, um, I know that I've been successful because of the people that poured into me, the people, uh, my mentors. And that's the number one thing I would give advice for anyone that's in any type of um, professional career is make sure you have a great network. Of, of people that are higher level than you because you can learn from those people. But I surrounded myself with incredibly successful uh, mentors, you know, former head coaches. Of course, you mentioned um, Coach McGraw. Uh, and now my network is Taylor Jenkins and Zach Kleiman, the GM for the Memphis Grizzlies, the entire staff. You know, I've, 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 you know, I've increased my network of, of mentors and people that I look up to and people that are successful in a lot of different, um, different respective backgrounds. And that's really helped me because I've asked for advice. Um, again, I'm always a sponge. I'm always trying to learn. Um, I'm always um, picking their brains or just asking a lot of questions to learn from different different things. And so I think that's one of the number one reasons that I've been that I've been so successful is that I've had an incredible support system that has helped me to to, to get to this point. We we've talked about Notre Dame. We talked about your son. We talked about the Grizzlies. Is there another part of your story that you feel like? is important for, for people to know as they see you as an inspiration? Um, I think, like I kind of mentioned that, um, you know, my road is definitely has not been easy. You know, I've, I've gone through a lot of adversity. I've went, gone through a lot of adversity as a player. I tore my ACL twice and, you know, had to come back from two ACLs in college to, to be able to um, help take the team to their first national championship here in Notre Dame. And, um, you know, had Jaden in the WNBA, that was a, that was adversity just, from learning how to be a mother and a professional athlete. So I had a lot of, um, my, my road definitely wasn't easy. Um, and I just think with faith, um, and again, just my strength and, and, and learning how to, to fight through the adversity. Um, I think that's part of my journey that I would like to share that it definitely was, I really had to lean on, um, my family and I had to lean on just the, my faith in myself. You know, I had to really, I really had to understand what confidence was because I had to bring that to the table in, in a lot of different areas and my work ethic. I felt like I was, I had to really work hard to get to this point. Um, and I think that's part of the journey because um, nothing comes easy, you know, and I've always been told that um, greatness always has some type of um, setback or adversity. And I, I've had, I've had that along the way. Um, but just, you know, again, like I said, having a, re a really great support system and um, a lot of, a lot of faith. Um, and, and belief in hard work has helped me get to this point. And I'm hoping it can continue to, to help me thrive and help me continue to grow. Coach, we appreciate it. And, and all that stuff is, you know, like I'm not a head coach and I probably never will be, but I can use that in my perspective field, right? Um, and just fighting through adversity, confidence and, and faith. Faith is so important. As we close out, is there a saying that you like replay in your head every day? Like, is there a, whether it's like a motivational quote or just a few words, is there a saying that you try to live by? Yeah, I, there's a lot, but one, I, I just say, let go and let God. Mm -hmm. That's, that's my, I actually have it on my computer. I have little post-its that are in my, my bathroom and on my um, computer or my, my, actually my, my office bathroom. Just always just remember, like, there's a lot of things that you can't control so let it go um, and let God handle it. So that's that's my that's my inspirational quote that I see every day everywhere. 
That's a perfect way to close. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything you are. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 bacon bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Niel was recruited to Notre Dame by Muffet McGraw. The former Notre Dame head coach led the Irish to nine Final Fours, seven championship appearances, and two national titles. She left giant shoes to fill for Niel, but she knew she had selected the perfect person to fill them. Coach, it's not often that you get a front row seat to someone's journey as, as both a player, a coach, a person, and a mom. What do you just think of the evolution of Niel Ivey? I just love watching her grow. And as a player, she was that one person who I wanted to call her high school coach back and said, you were right. You were the one coach that said, this is what you're going to get. And that is exactly what we got. She was uh, just an amazing player to coach. And I love that. So when I had the opportunity to hire her, it was such an easy decision. I just simply looked at what she had done as a player. I knew her personality. I knew her love of the game, her competitiveness, and I knew her ability to learn. And she, every year, added something else to her game. I mean, she just continued to get better. And it was really fun to watch. It was decided that Coach Ivy was the right person for the job. It seems years before you even retired. Why was she the chosen one? Neil was somebody that was so important in our recruiting. She became the face of our program. The AAU coaches, high school coaches, players, parents, they, they all started to call her which I was happy to, to let her take that over. And she did such a great job. So her name and her face was really the one that was associated with building our program, getting those big recruits and putting it all together. Uh, Coach Ivy told us that Notre Dame recently honored Lucy Harris and shared the story with her team. And her son went to Notre Dame and, and she wanted to make sure that her team knew about this. During your time as a head coach, did you ever feel like it was important to educate your teams about a specific person or a specific piece of history and and why did you feel the need to do that? You know, my goal was really about empowering women. And so every time a woman came on campus to speak in any department, I would have them come and talk to the team. So we had Condoleezza Rice come and talk to the team. We had the number two person at NASA. We had uh, an, an attorney who was on the Supreme Court of her state. Um, we, we had a lot of different, but they were always powerful women. And so when I would put them on the baseline to run for something they did wrong, I would say, you can get out of this if you can tell me how many female Supreme Court justices we have, or who was the first female doctor. You know, I, I would always try to get them to look at women and see, because, you know, we don't learn about that in history. Yeah. Wow. That, that's powerful. When, when it comes to coaching, I feel like from, from the outside, people are always um, deciding what a good coach is based off wins and losses, right? Or, or something um, numerical on a score sheet. Is there success, though, that shows up in, in other places for you personally or for you know how you look at other coaches? I think success can be the impact that you have on these young women. And it took me a while to figure that out. When I first started coaching, it was all about wins and losses. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I just wanted to win. I wanted to compete. I wanted to, I wanted to be good. And then along the way, I certainly realized that the relationship with the players was so much more important than, than winning. 
and what I was teaching them and how I was building their confidence to go out in the world and to do great things. And so it really became more about empowering women and watching them in that moment when they reached their potential, when they did something that when you recruited them, you said, I think you can be this player. And then they turned into that player and you got to experience that joy and just watch them grow up right in front of you. With that in mind, how do you feel when you see Neil Ivy on the sidelines running things? I couldn't be prouder. It's as if she was my daughter. I look at her and all the things that she's accomplished and everything she's done. And we always had a special relationship right from the beginning uh, during the recruiting process. Uh, I just really, we really connected. And, she, you know, you're always close to your point guard, but we, we had a, a really good relationship. And then when she went to the pros, of course, followed her there. And Jaden grew up in the Joy Center. I mean, she would bring him around and, you know, he'd be out there shooting when he was five, six, seven. Uh, so it was really, it's great to see both of them. And what do you think of, of Jaden's potential future and the opportunities that he seems to be have that that's right ahead of him? You know, it's amazing when you think like, I babysat for you. <laughs> you know, I remember when you were in the back of my car and to watch him just turn into a man. And what a great job Neil has done in raising him and having him around so many strong, confident women, I think has really, really made him somewhat of a feminist. I, I think someone who definitely uh, knows how to treat women. Yeah. Coach, th thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate it. One nugget, this is more of a personal thing that I've been wanting to ask you, but what do you think of the dress down look now on, on the sidelines? Is that something you could get with? Or <laughs> You know, I'm a little disappointed. I really took a lot of pride in my wardrobe, especially my shoes. And I know Niel does too. Um, but, you know, it's so much more comfortable. I think I, I think I might end up enjoying it. Coach, we, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Niel Ivy on today's episode of Hardwood Herstory. Before we go, I want to leave you with today's bonus basketball fact of the day. The Yukon Huskies hold the record for the most NCAA Women's Division I basketball championships, having won 11. The Huskies won four straight championships from 2013 to 2017. Thanks so much for listening to Hardwood Herstory. Be sure to check out other episodes if you haven't already, just to hear more great and often undertold stories of women in basketball. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.